0: All right, a few minutes after 4 o'clock, and uh, welcome, yeah, to the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here, along with Liora Sanfiru, of course, co-founding partner Sanfiru to mark an LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. How about that? you have any questions about employment rights, this, of course, is a show for you every Sunday afternoon here on CKNW. I've been terminated, maybe laid off, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, questions about COVID-19, the vaccine, going back to work, staying at home, working a hybrid system. Can they do that? It is endless, so you'll want to make a call and get it cleared up here, 604-280-9898, as we just mentioned. And we're going to be getting through the, uh, the email inbox on the show this afternoon as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca ton of those to get through in between your phone calls so don't be bashful would love to talk to you here this afternoon you uh call in you ask your questions and you're asking probably for thousands of other people who are wondering the same thing at one time or another so you're helping people as you uh, get your answers as well so we'll get underway here again 604-280-9898 let's get it happening Lior pal week that was what is going on in your
1: end hey, well you know are you going to be surprised to hear that I've been fielding lots of questions <laughs> answering lots of questions and hopefully uh, helping a lot of people with their workplace situations. That That is what's going on on my end. That's frankly what's always going on on my end. Mm-hmm. But that's really how I want it to be and, and that's exactly what I intend to do this afternoon right here to answer your questions and hopefully make you feel better about your workplace problem. If you're facing a situation, then I know these situations can cause stress and anxiety. Maybe your boss gave you an ultimatum. Maybe you're concerned about your job security. Because of COVID-19 or for other reasons, Uh, a lot of people now are being called back to work. Uh, You know, things are open, but they're called back to work on different terms. You know, business may not be as busy, and they're calling you back to work for reduced hours or with a different shift. Can they do that? By the way, no, they can't. Either way, call us on the show if you have an issue, a problem, a concern. You will feel better, you'll know your rights, and as John said, you'll be helping others that are uh, listening to the show as well, so please don't be bashful. And of course, the second option, always the second option, if you don't feel like getting on air this afternoon, not a problem, you can still get help, you can still connect with me, we'll give you my office number and email address throughout the show so we can have a private chat anytime, so uh, t- uh, stay tuned for that. But to get started, as John said, week that was, couple situations that came across my desk. Well, the first one uh, is a situation that I've been called about a number of times over the past few weeks, and that has to do, of course, with returning to work and returning to work when you've been working remotely. A lot of employees have been working remotely uh, for many months, potentially in over a year, uh, with yeah. COVID-19, and many people have been doing this productively and successfully, it's been going well, and, and they've been comfortable. And you know, they've structured their lives around that, that fact that they're at home, maybe with respect to their childcare obligations, other obligations. And a lot of people have gotten a bit of a, a surprise and that the employer, their, their employer is saying, well, now that we're allowed to, or at least now that we feel that it's safe, we want you to come back to work physically in the office. And I've got several calls this week from people saying, well, I don't want to. Why can't I just stay at home? I feel safer at home. I, I've, I've arranged for things. I've been doing this successfully. Why, why, why do I need to go back to the office? So I wanted to talk a bit about that and tell you kind of what I've been answering and telling the individuals that have been calling me. Here's the thing, unfortunately, for, for the employees that want to work remotely. If you were working in the office uh, before COVID, your employer does have the right to require, uh, require you to come back... T- and to the way things were before COVID. It has a right to require you to come back to work in the office, even though you've been working at home for a while, even though you're doing a great job and you've never had a single issue, your employer is allowed to do that. And by the way, I've spoken with people, John, who have moved in the meantime, that, well, I don't need to be, I don't know, downtown Vancouver anymore, so I'm I'm gonna move and live somewhere further away, maybe even out of province, and because I'm going to work remotely, and then they get a call. Okay, Monday, we'll see you back at the office. Well, Wait a second. Well, the problem with that, as I've said, is yes, your employer is allowed to require you to come back into the office if that's what you were doing before. And if you don't, that could be considered a resignation or abandoning your job. Now, they can't call you on the Friday and say, hey, Monday, you're back in the office. They absolutely have to give you a reasonable time to, to make those arrangements. You may have to find other child care uh, obligations or, or, or child care arrangements, and that's fine. Uh, and that said, if you don't have childcare arrangements, you've tried, and it's going to take some time. There's no one to watch after your children. You know, Maybe summer camps are not going on right now. What have you? Well, you absolutely, at that point, can get accommodation from your employer. They have to allow you to stay at home for a while. If you have a doctor's note saying you can't come into the office, they have to allow you to do that. But otherwise, very important to remember, John, your employer can ask you to come back to work in the office if that's what you were doing before COVID.
0: It's going to be a lot of those phone calls, I imagine, in the uh, next few months as people, you know, and, and to, you know, to your point, some businesses have done very well having people work remotely or some somewhat of a hybrid system now. But, you know, people get used to it and they, they may not want to come back and say, hey, I'm just as productive here at home, if not more so than I was without all the distractions of the water cooler talk. But when push comes to shove, that's the way your job used to be,
1: right? Well, not to mention the fact that we still are dealing with a pandemic and yeah. a lot of employees may feel, well, I'm, I'm safer at home. That said, as, as we've been saying, despite this, if your employer is allowed by government, by uh, public health authorities to have you in the office, they can require you to come back into the office. That doesn't mean you can't try and negotiate an arrangement with your employer. How about I come in two days a week, or you know mm-hmm. maybe I'll come in every other week, whatever it is. But that said, that aside, yes, your employer can tell you to come back. And, and if you don't, yeah, there could be uh, repercussions to that. Just
0: getting started today, uh, of course, so you got tons of time to reach out. 604-280-9898 is the number, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we're going to get to some emails here in just a second. That ball rolling, so feel free to send them along. And, uh, you know, reaching out afterwards or any other time to leora a member of the team, here's the uh, here's the number you want to use. This one, 604 604- 283 Just that simple. First one up is going to be Paul. Paul says, hey, Lior, love the show. Listen every week. Uh, my boss just told me that I have to get a COVID vaccine in the next two weeks or I am out of a
1: job. Is this legal? Well, John, I have been fielding questions like Paul's nonstop, nonstop yeah. for the past 60 days or so. Uh, and, and, you know, vaccines, can my employer make me? Can my employer require me? Can they even ask me uh, if I'm vaccinated or not? So let's clarify this. There's a lot of controversy over this, but I'll give you uh, my thoughts on this. And that is, no, your employer cannot ask you or demand of you that you be vaccinated. As things stand right now, it's still a decision that you're allowed to make. And ultimately, if you choose not to be vaccinated, your employer cannot uh, punish you for that. They cannot decide to keep you off work they cannot decide to let you go they cannot decide to do anything frankly if you're not vaccinated your our, our government you know the, the the provincial government has decided that an employer can have workplaces that are safe even though people are not vaccinated mm-hmm. so that's why the government has not mandated vaccines so because of that the employer can't say well it's necessary to keep the workplace safe because our government says actually it's not so your employer cannot require you, that could be potentially a human rights violation. So Paul, bringing it back to you full circle here, if your employer go, decides to do something to you, punish you, let you go, that's illegal. That's a rep, There's repercussions to that. So I want you to call me at that point. Same with you at home. If you've ultimately chosen not to tell your employer about your vaccination status, or simply if you decided not to get vaccinated, ultimately your employer cannot do anything about it maybe that changes at some point if the government here decides to intervene until and unless that happens you cannot be forced to be vaccinated
0: we are back indeed, and welcome to it. Uh, lots of time for your phone calls. You have questions about employment law, maybe a simple question, just about your job or your boss or being let go or a severance question, good old-fashioned severance question, how we started years ago doing this show with simple questions about how much MIO. That still qualifies as a quality question here, 604-280-9898 is the number. But, of course, the questions have gotten much deeper since then now, especially with COVID-19 and vaccinations and going back to work and all that stuff and change of job. So it's all fair game. Feel free to uh, to give us a call, email help at employmentlawyer.ca, and I'll give you one more uh, one more resource. Absolutely free, anonymous. As a matter of fact, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You go there. It's exactly how it sounds. It is full of employment law information, absolutely free to you re, uh, for you to read up the Severance pay calculator is rolled into that as well, so you can see how much severance you would be owed. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer. .ca, but let's get to another email. Daryl is up next. Thank you for your uh, your email and your patience, Daryl, says. I was just given a termination letter that offers me 26 weeks severance after 13 years with my company. The HR manager says that 2 weeks severance pay per year is standard. Does it make sense to contact you in this particular circumstance?
1: Well, it doesn't uh, matter... One bit, one iota, what the HR person says, because the reality is the law determines what Daryl or anyone else is owed. And no, and this is where a lot of people fall for these misconceptions. It's not a week per year or two weeks per year or three or four or really any other amount. It's not that straight a line. It's not that, well, if I work this much, I'm owed this much. The factors that go in are a person's age, position, and the length of employment. The effect of that is for most people in fact almost everyone the amount of severance that you're owed is going to be a heck of a lot more than two weeks per year all right so no daryl's hr manager is either completely wrong or unfortunately trying to mislead it will be a tremendous uh, achievement for the company a tremendous deal for the company to only pay daryl 26 weeks pay six months pay. After 13 years of service. He, again, I don't know all his specifics, but he's likely going to be owed at least a year's pay and potentially much more than that. So, you know, at best, what he was offered is half of what he's owed. Half. And it could be even a quarter of what he's owed. So, no, Daryl, you are owed much, much more. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca if you want to see how much you're owed. Same with you at home. If you lost your job, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Within seconds, you can find out when you use our severance calculator there, how much severance you are owed. Again, as John said before, anonymous and free. And please, if you take one thing from this show, frankly, from any of our shows, it's not a week per year or two weeks per year when you lose your job. It's a lot more And that severance is so important because that is what's going to carry you until you find another job. Imagine if you accept six months pay and you're owed 12 months pay. It's going to take you a while to find another job. What do you do in the meantime? Terrible, terrible situation. Don't let that happen to you. Daryl, call me. I'll help you.
0: Daryl, appreciate the call, or the email, rather, and the call is this, 604-283-3123, Dana, up next is, hey, Leora, I've been off on a stress leave for two months, but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I will be treated. What do I do?
1: Well, let's be very clear that every employee has a right to be treated properly, fairly, to work in a healthy and a supportive work environment. An employee has an obligation to make sure that the work environment does not become toxic. Unfortunately, a lot of employees, when they do work in a toxic work environment, end up suffering from depression and anxiety, have to be off on a disability leave, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Dana, and 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 that's that's just wrong on so many levels. When an employer mistreats an employee, or, or you know, harasses, or doesn't fix the problem that exists, then that can result in a constructive dismissal. By doing that. It's as if the employer terminated the employee's employment. The thing is this for Dana. It's a question of how do we prove it in this situation? Maybe there is proof. Maybe she can show through emails or recordings or through other people that that witness things that she was mistreated. In that case, we can pursue a constructive dismissal right now. She doesn't have to go back. She can get her full severance, potentially other compensation as well. But if she can't prove it, if there's nothing documented, if there's no uh, witnesses or or other people that have uh, uh, seen what happened, then it's going to be a challenge. So what I would say to Dana, if there's no way to prove it right now, go back to work if you can. Speak to HR. Tell them what's happening. Create a record of that. They then have an obligation to investigate. Uh, If they don't investigate, if they don't take measures to fix the problem, then you absolutely can pursue it. In the meantime, if you are mistreated, try to keep a record of that. You know, send an email to someone confirming what happened or have a journal or a diary where you keep notes contemporaneously. The problem, of course, with harassment is that the person that's doing the harassing or the mistreatment is not just going to admit it. So we always have to think, how do we show that that's what's happened? How do we prove it? All right, so... Uh, think about that Dana you don't have to go back to work but I would very much like for you to get the compensation that you're owed so I want to connect with you and talk to you about how do we prove that you were mistreated improperly same with you at home you don't have to take workplace harassment you don't have to accept that you don't have to continue working in that type of an environment but we have to prove that harassment in order for us to be able to do something about it
0: Appreciate the call, Dana, or appreciate the email. You can make a call any time. And speaking of calls, here now, 604 280 want to get to uh, to Alan, who's been standing by for, uh, for a minute or so. Alan, thanks for hanging on this afternoon. How are you?
2: I'm doing fine. I have a question. If you're an employee and you get three weeks holiday a year and you're working remotely from home during the pandemic last summer, can the employer... Force you to take one holiday day per week
1: during until the, until you kind of used up your days. Yes, the reality is, uh, Alan, that yes, your employer does have a right to choose when you take your vacation. Now, it's kind of a of my language. I have a bit of a crappy thing to do uh, in that most employers understand how important vacation is and they're going to let employees schedule that, etc. But an employer legally is allowed to decide you're taking your vacation on this day or, or, or in this way. So not, not a very nice thing, but it is something that is legal, Alan. Thank you.
0: No problem. Thanks thanks Alan, appreciate your time this afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your Sunday. Again, 604-280-9898. That's the number Alan used. That's the number you should use. Want to get to Carly now who's been standing by as well. Carly, thank you for taking the time. How are you? I'm good, how
3: are you?
0: Fantastic. What's on your mind?
3: Um, I just have a question about overtime. Um, like is it legal not to pay overtime and if well, I guess that is it legal not to pay it?
1: Well, it's a, if you're owed overtime, in other words, if you're in a position that qualifies for overtime, and if you work more than your 40 hours a week or eight hours a day, then your employer has to pay overtime, has to pay time and a half. Keep in mind, not every position qualifies for overtime. For example, managers uh, don't qualify for overtime, so an employer doesn't have to pay overtime to managers. But if you're in a position that qualifies for overtime, and if you work the overtime, your employer absolutely has to pay it.
3: So how how is it that so many companies like I I live in Surrey and so many companies they don't pay overtime and you just have to accept it. How do you how do you go about it? Like
1: then you you have to find a new job? No, not at all. I mean, it, it could be one of two things that you could do. One thing is but, you, you you do the easiest thing, which is you, you tell the uh, employment standards branch, uh, you know, the okay. government of BC has their employment standards branch. Their job is to enforce certain things like overtime. And if yeah. an employer doesn't pay overtime, they come in and they're going to figure out if that's true. They're going to say, not only do you have to start paying overtime, you have to pay people back pay for the overtime that you owe them. The other okay. thing you could do is have me send them a letter saying, you know, pay overtime or else. But if you are owed overtime, uh, you have to yeah. get it paid. Just like an employer can't decide to pay less than minimum wage, an employer yeah. can't decide not to pay overtime. That's a legal obligation.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah,
3: because because like I've. I've worked at the same company for four years, and, and they don't pay overtime, and, and we all talk about it, and, and people say, you know, that they're going to get it for us, but our, our boss will not pay it, and, and so we get to, our only option is to bank our hours if we complain about it.
1: So your employer does have to pay overtime, and you know one honestly one call to the Employment Standards Branch is going to put the process in place that's going to make your employer pay overtime. There's no choice in the matter.
3: I I, I know that that somebody put a complaint in before, and, and then nothing happened. So who who do I who do I call, and do I have to make it known that it was me?
1: No, you don't have to make it known that it was you at all. Uh, so okay. you know, if, if you want to have a chat with me about how to do this effectively, connect with me yep. off air absolutely. Because no, it, it's, it's absolutely wrong uh, not okay. to pay overtime to an employee that's earned that overtime.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, um, will they give me your information or?
1: I'm going to give you the number, uh, right now.
0: Carly, I'm going to give you the number right now. So, uh, if you want to hang up and I'll get that to you. You'll catch that and, uh, we'll appreciate your time and, uh, you carry on with, uh, with order later time. So there you go. Here is the number coming at you 604 283 3123. 604 283 3123. That's to reach Lior and the rest of his team at the firm. I know we've got a break in a minute, but overtime is one of those things where you just can't opt out of it. But she said four years. She can't go back four years, can she?
1: No, but she could go back too, which is also not that bad, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. if she's owed two years worth of overtime, I don't know. I mean, that could be hundreds of dollars. It could even potentially be thousands of dollars. So yeah, with respect to overtime, again, some positions don't qualify for overtime. I mentioned managers as an example. There's others. But if you are in a position that qualifies, your employer does have to pay it. Uh, And by the way, the other thing about overtime is they have to pay it to you even if they didn't ask you to work the overtime, but you had to do it to get the job done. So I wouldn't let an employer get away with essentially breaking the law.
0: Back indeed. Still taking your calls. 604-280-9898 is the number. Lior Sanfiro, co-founding partner, Sanfiro Tamarkin LLP. Feel free to give them a call anytime. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. Get the advice you need, the compensation you deserve. By the way, we often say that from the firm that has successfully helped tens of thousands of people across this country. So feel free to uh, to reach out. But the phone calls, as before we get back to emails here, are always top priority. In that regard, want to get to Ash. Ash has been standing by for a couple minutes and uh, Ash, welcome to the show. How are you this afternoon?
2: Good, good. Thank you. Yourself?
0: Beauty, what, uh, what's on your mind, friend?
2: Hey, just want to find out, um, you know, I'm in the automotive industry, been in there for quite a long time. Uh, the mechanics in this industry, they a lot of times work on flat rate, which means, you know, they're compensated whatever dollar amount they agree on by the hour they, you know, they earn. So if, if, the job pays for 10 hours and if the mechanic spends let's say 20 hours the mechanic only gets paid for 10 hours. Is there any sort of ruling against that or is that pretty much how it is in the industry?
1: So that's my first is, question. So that's that's a great question and, and it's okay as long as you still end up making more than minimum wage for the 20 hours that you worked. So okay. if you get that that's the key. I mean as long as if you if you actually work for 20 hours and you made more than minimum wage because mm-hmm. for the 10 hours your, your hourly rate is higher, then not nice necessarily, but it is something that is, is legal. But you obviously cannot make less than minimum wage for the time that you worked.
2: Okay. All right. And I guess if there are some helpers that come into the industry and if they go on flat rate, obviously they have to be the same thing. They've got to be above minimum wage for the number of hours they work, even though they agree on flat rate basis.
1: That's right. Even if you work okay. on a flat rate basis, for the the amount of hours that you work, you have to make at least minimum wage, at least minimum wage. Absolutely.
2: And obviously, with this um, in mind, people that are on salaries, it's the same thing, I guess, say at the end of the day, with the number of hours you work for the fixed amount you have per month, it's got to be the same thing above minimum wage when you calculate your hours.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. So if you're on, right. a, on a salary of you know, $1,000 a week, but you end up working, I don't know, 90 hours or something crazy like that, you may actually make less than minimum wage, and that's obviously right. illegal. So you have to always make at least minimum wage. Right. I've also
2: heard something recently where if people call in sick um, for whatever reason or they can't make it to work, they need to be compensated for that regardless of what industry they're in. Is, is that what's coming in You know, down the road?
1: Uh, I, I have not heard of that uh, at this point, so no, as far as I'm aware, that's not the case. Now, some employers have these sick day policies, of course, uh, right. and, and then they have to comply with them, but there's no legal requirement to, to pay in those situations.
2: Right. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Ash. Appreciate the All questions no and your time this afternoon, 604-280-9898. That is the number used every show. going to move on down to uh, to Rob, who's been standing by. Rob, you're up next. Good afternoon.
4: Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I'm classified as a farm worker and I get paid twice a month. And it goes on from the 1st to the 15th. They classify 8 hours as workable days, excluding weekends. So sometimes it's 80 hours or 40 hours, and sometimes it's 48, according to the work days. Is that how it goes for farm workers?
1: Unfortunately, yes. There's uh, some uh, extensive exemptions, if you will, for farm workers. So many of the hours of work and overtime, etc. rules that would apply to other employees do not apply to farm workers given the nature of the job. So yes, uh, you know, many of the, the rules are very different, therefore, and what you've described is not uncommon.
4: Okay. Okay. Is there somewhere where I could get a printout of, of the rules c- rules for farm workers?
1: Yeah, so if if you go on the uh the website for the Employment uh, Standards Branch, you could simply Google them. Uh you'll go on their website, there'll be a section there, you know, we do some searching the, about farm workers. If you have a hard time finding it for whatever reason, send me a note and I'll direct you to, to the right place. Uh happy to help you with that. Perfect. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Rob. Appreciate your time as well. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. 604-280-9898 to call in. Still have some time. Uh, we do right now, as a matter of fact, going to move on to uh, to Ron. Hey, Ron, thank you for standing by. You're finally with us. Good afternoon.
4: Thanks. You bet. What's um, up? I work for a company, and now I'm turning 70. Now they want to have my benefits. How do I stand?
1: Okay. So do they, they don't have, have to- a right to cut your, your your benefits, but but when I say they don't have a right, what they could, uh, what you could choose to do if they cut your benefits, to say that by cutting my benefits, it's as if you've terminated my employment, and if you've terminated my employment, you have to pay me severance. Now, how long have you worked uh, there, Ron?
4: Uh, four years.
1: So potentially they would owe you about six months' pay, potentially even as much as eight months' pay. Uh, but that's really – and, and you know, there could even potentially be a human rights violation here if they're cutting your benefits. Because yeah, that's of your what age. I thought, yeah, That's a bit harder to do. It could be. But uh, there's some exemptions oftentimes to the benefits depending on the terms of the policy. But it certainly would be a constructive dismissal. Uh, so you have to decide if you want to pursue it. If you can't convince them to keep you on benefits, potentially a letter from me may do that trick. And if that still doesn't do the trick, then you'd have the right to pursue a constructive dismissal if you choose, and potentially also a human rights complaint.
4: Okay. Because um, what I asked for is almost a compensation per hour for my benefits, but they wouldn't. Uh, I don't think they're going to give in.
1: Well, they might give in if and when they hear from me, so that's certainly an oh, option okay. uh, because I will tell them, listen, you can't do that. That That is legal, so you don't want to open that door, company. Uh, oftentimes, yeah. that's all that's needed. If you would like my help with that, please contact me. I'll be more than happy to help you.
4: Okay, great.
0: Thanks, Rod. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, here's how you contact Lior and his team when we're not doing the show, 604 3123. Want to squeeze in one more call, I think, before we break at least. But you still got time to call in after that, so feel free. 604-280-9898. With that said, Adrian is up next and standing by. Hey, Adrian, uh, how are you this afternoon?
4: I'm okay. Judy um, To start, uh, June 11, 2019, I had a injury at work. Um, they had a CT scan on it. Came up as 13 millimeter full thickness tear with 13 millimeter separation at the stump. And so by the time I pushed for the CT scan, they sent me to physiotherapy and then to the OR1 program here. And then uh, I pushed them enough. They gave me a CT scan, then I seen a specialist. He did the surgery, he did a good job. Then they did my physiotherapy after that. And then uh, I was in the OR two program to get my body back in shape to go back to work and injured my right shoulder with a thirteen millimeter by eight millimeter tear with a two inch separation in the tear. It, it, it comes up to thirteen millimeter by eighteen by eight millimeter by two, which is jargon to me. I just know my shoulder hurts. So uh, miscommunication with my case manager and I'm uh, running dead on time. I went back to work on a graduated return to work. I was there for a couple of weeks. Third week was two days in a row. The second day, my shoulder was really aggravated. And so I went into my doctor, my GP, showed him the results from med imaging on my right shoulder, and they don't want, they just, I don't know. Now I'm in a process. But they cut me off financially. And uh, I guess they're wanting to cut me loose completely. But physically, I'm a collision repair technician, a very tough job. And I can't, I can't So do it what's the
1: cut you loose? Is it your employer or an insurance company? Insurance,
4: WorkSafe, B.C.
1: I see, okay. So, uh, if, it, with respect to WorkSafeBC, uh, obviously they, they need to be satisfied that it's a work injury and that you can't be, that there's no job available to you or there is a job available to you that you can't do. So, uh, there, there's a organization that we work with that helps people deal with the WCB issues. Uh, yeah. If you contact me after the show, I'll give you their contact information. Now, with respect to your employer, remember, your, what your employer has to do is to comply with your doctor. So if your doctor yes. says you need to be off work or you need yeah. to only work one day a week or you need modified duties, your employer has to comply with that. Uh, yeah. And, and they, there's no questioning it and there's no challenging it. That's it. Yeah. That. With respect to WC, WCB and the challenges with that, connect with me uh, off air and I'll give you the contact information. Uh, for for okay. someone that I know that deals with that exclusively.
4: Okay, the still calling same number two eight oh.
0: We sure are. 446. Let's, uh, let's move on and plow on. The number is 604 280 9898. Still taking your calls here along with Lior Samfiru. Yes, co founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP. That is the firm you can contact the most positively reviewed employment law firm across this country anytime at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, when you're at that website, go to the top, scroll across, you'll find links to our long running TV show as well, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. But back to the phone calls. As mentioned, Sean, thank you so much for standing by for a couple minutes how are you this afternoon
5: not too bad john hi lear how are you beauty doing great thanks okay uh quick question um so um a group of uh, they call us managers but um we're actually paid hourly um so we are subject to overtime and so forth we're federally, federally regulated. Um, And we've had an averaging agreement uh, in place since um, uh, 2019. Um, There was a provision in the averaging agreement. Now, what was interesting was the averaging agreement um, uh, basically underpaid um, uh, hours. So it averaged out to 36, uh, 37 hours a a week. And um, Uh, The remaining hours, um, they had a provision in there that uh, indicated that uh, we would uh, come in for training, team building, morale, boosting, and so forth. So since COVID, um, uh, that hasn't taken place. um, But um, with the owing of hours, um, the organization has said, okay, um, we're going to replace that training, team building, morale boosting, and so forth. um, And you owe us and come in for shifts, um, so now, um, they basically wanted to force, um, uh, staff to come in. Uh, I looked at the agreement, which I never signed, uh, when I joined the organization, um, the agreements never been posted and, um, basically realized that there was miscalculations, uh, in that agreement itself. So stat days were improperly um, imp- improperly calculated, um, And um, they uh, based the averaging throughout the entire year, including vacation weeks. So um, vacation weeks were paid at 40 hours, um, and you took a week block of vacation. So you're mandated to take a week block of vacation. And um, so what I realized was with the averaging extending into the vacation weeks, they were actually saying that we owed hours for the vacation. So an employee with three or four weeks vacation uh, would end up uh, owing time back to the company, which they're forcing and have forced um, staff to come in for. So that's kind of the situation. And I just wanted to see if it's just simply a um, federal labor relations complaint that needs to be filed. Um, Is it something more than that? And, um, you know, do, does representation um, legally also need, need it to be, um, um, I guess, had as well?
1: Just to, so I'm clear, this is a, a non-union uh, workplace? That's correct, yes. Okay, so I actually have a a lot of questions that I I would like to to ask you to find out more just because I want to understand more of the timing of the events and and, and how the hours have been calculated. So rather than try to do this now uh, on air, what I'd like for you to do is I want you to give me a call off air. Let let's get on a, on the a call, and I want I can ask you the questions, find out, and I can tell you number one if I think it's right what they're doing, and number two what to do about it, whether it's something that I can help you with or that you have to file a complaint with the federal government. I just I don't want to try to to do that now. Let's connect off air. I'll have that discussion, and we'll go from there.
5: Okay, that sounds excellent.
0: Appreciate the uh, the call, Sean. And here is how you do that: six zero four two eight three. 3123, again, Six hundred four two 3123 to reach out to Lior and a member of his team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to get to another email. It's been a while since so we had so many calls, which we love, but we'll get back to these, uh, again, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way you do that. Steve's up next, says, Lior, I've been working for my employer for the last five years. They just told me that my job will end in six months, but in the meantime, my hours will be reduced from 40 to
1: 30 a week. Can they do that? Absolutely not. No, they cannot. So even if you've received notice of termination, like he has, you still have to, well, the employer has to maintain the terms of employment over that notice period. So if your employer doesn't, anytime your employer reduces your hours, changes your pay, you can say that's a constructive dismissal. The same applies if that happens after you've already received notice of your termination. So an employer that changes That those hours, uh, changes the pay, reduces or changes the terms of employment, is in essence terminated the employee effective immediately. So he doesn't have to continue working with those reduced hours if he doesn't want to. He can choose to say, Well, employer, I was going to stay here for a number of months as you've told me to, but because you've now reduced me from 40 hours to 30 somewhat hours a week, that's a termination of my employment. I'm leaving, I'm treating that as a termination, and now you have to pay me my full severance he needs to give me a call, I'll help him do that. But I want to remind everyone, of course, same with you, whether it's because of COVID or whether it has nothing to do with COVID. If your employer changes the terms of your employment in a significant way, talking things like hours of work, length of shifts, the days of work, your compensation, demotion, work location, if any of those things change in a significant way, you do not have to accept it. You obviously can accept it if you choose to, absolutely. But you can also choose to treat that as a termination of your employment and say, no, that's not acceptable. In doing that, you've terminated my employment. Now I'm going to move on and you have to pay me my full severance. If you're ever in that situation, if you ever want to pull the trigger on a uh, constructive dismissal, give me a call. I'll help you.
0: How much of that have you seen in the last two, three months, 60 days at least? I mean, employers, granted, I get it, hard times are, this is the worst time anybody's seen in the last century as far as business is concerned, but, you know, they, they, that must be the excuse they're giving these employees, and it might, it might not be out of malice, it might be the fact that they can't do it, but that doesn't change the, that doesn't change the arithmetic, does it?
1: It doesn't. And, you know, let's be very clear. I am not giving an opinion on the laws here. I'm not telling you whether the laws are good or bad or whether they should be changed or not. What I'm telling you is what the laws actually are. So, you know, look at me kind of like, like as Switzerland. I'm neutral. I'm just telling you the way (sighs) things are. So, no, and you're absolutely right. Even if it's because of COVID, even if your employer says I have to reduce your pay because of COVID. And even if that's true, the reality is from a legal standpoint, no, your employer cannot do that, or at least you have the right to choose to treat that as a termination of employment. Uh, and I, you know, you, you mentioned the last couple of months or so. I've seen that extensively over the last year and a half or so that we've been going through this pandemic, with employers changing terms of employment, reducing pay, even if an employer puts you on the uh, on, on the uh, uh, wage subsidy, so they pay you, you know, fifty-five percent of your salary. That It doesn't matter where that money comes from. That is still a significant change. If you're making 100% salary, now you're making 55% salary. Guess what? That is a constructive dismissal. You can accept it and continue working and waiting. That is absolutely your right. But you can treat that also as a termination of employment now, if that's what you want, get your severance and move on. And of course, John, remember severance can be as much as 24 months pay.
0: We'll get to ron here last couple minutes of the show uh, an email comes in says Leora, i just came back from a disability leave i got into a small accident at work my company now says it doesn't believe that i am healthy enough to work even though i am is there anything that i can do
1: absolutely and in fact you have the most powerful tool at your disposal and that is your doctor so all you have to do in that situation ron is you have to speak to your doctor Get a note saying yes. Ron is able to do the job. Ron is able to work. Once you've provided the employer that note, they can't challenge that, question it, uh, debate it, or or deny it. So they have to take you back if there's a job available to you. Uh, they absolutely have to take you back if it's possible to take you back. Uh, they don't. Their opinion ultimately would not matter. And if they refuse. That could be a human rights violation. It could be a wrongful dismissal. You name it, it's wrong. So speak to your doctor anytime, whether it's about being off work and you want to tell your employer you need to be off work or returning back to work from a medical leave. You have that doctor's note. You have the most powerful tool available.
0: We'll Got to quickly. Elizabeth, to wrap up the day, says, uh, Leo, I've had two surgeries over the past 10 months and had to miss work for a few weeks each time. When I came back, my employer told me that I have exhausted all my leave days and I can't take any more time off. What happens if I need to
1: miss more work for medical reasons? Well, as I was saying, it does not really matter what the employer says there. What matters is what the doctor says. There's no limit to leave days. If you have a serious medical condition, you can be off as long as you need to be off to get better, of course, so long as you have doctor's support. It's not a day or two days or a week or 50 days. It doesn't matter what the policies are with respect to sick days. If you cannot work because of a serious medical condition, you can be off work. Sometimes that could even be a year or longer. The doctor says that, that's what matters. And anytime an employer tries to deny that or let you go because you're following your doctor's advice, that is illegal in many respects.
0: I guess it's a clarif- clarification of paid sick days. Maybe she's run out of that, but it's different completely, right?
1: Yeah. She may not get paid by her employer, but she can still be off. Maybe she gets paid through the through the government EI program. She may qualify for disability leave if mm-hmm. they have disability leave or a WCB if it's a workplace injury. But doesn't matter how many sick days the employer has, she can be off if she has that doctor's note done
0: for another day. Appreciate all your phone calls. Great show. Reaching out now, 604-283-3123. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And a reminder, always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to reach Lior and his team. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, CKNW.